Hi guys, it's Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about invasive species. All right. All right. Let's learn about what an invasive species is to start off. An invasive species is an organism, plant or animal, or fungi, that is from another region of the world that doesn't belong in their new environment. There are many ways that an invasive species gets to these foreign areas. Most of the time, invasive species are introduced to a new region accidentally, and most of the time, it's our fault. That's right, our fault. People are responsible for introducing invasive species through means of large ocean-going ships, wood, shipping crates, and the releases of aquaculture species, aquarium species, or bait, and many other ways. They are among the leading threats to native wildlife. About 42% of all threatened or endangered wildlife are at risk due to invasive species. To be invasive, a species must adapt to a new area easily. It must be able to reproduce quickly, harm property and the environment, and wreak havoc on the economy. Whether it be intentional or unintentional, invasive species generally cause great economic and or environmental harm to their new area, which can lead to the extinction of the native wildlife there and the permanent alteration of the habitat that once was there. However, not all non-native species are invasive. Most of the food crops grown in the U.S., such as wheat, tomatoes, and rice, are not native to this country, but are found here. This goes to show that that not all species that don't belong in an area are invasive or even harmful to the environment. In fact, wheat, tomatoes, and rice benefit many Americans by supplying them with food. Wheat... Tomatoes and rice were brought to the U.S. on purpose, and they served their purpose as food. However, other species brought to new locations did not have the same expected results. In 1949, five cats were brought to Marion Island, an island in the southern Indian Ocean that is part of South Africa. The cats were introduced as pest control for the mice on the island. By 1977, almost 30 years after they were introduced, the large number of cats that have amassed on the island have now endangered the local bird populations. Now there are 3,400 cats. This large number is endangering the local wildlife. Other invasive species are descended from pests that escaped or were released into the wild, or pets that were released into the wild. Many people have released Burmese pythons into the Everglades. They had them as pets, and when they got too big to probably take care of them, the owners got rid of them and put them in the wild, thinking that they could care for themselves. Burmese pythons can reach lengths of up to six feet. They are native to the jungles of Southeast Asia, and have few predators in the Everglades. The lack of predation of the Burmese python is resulting in the declines of of many native prey species, such as bobcats, rabbits, opossums, and raccoons. As the python population grows, the large amount of 
the large amount of food these snakes require um, cannot be sustained by the prey populations, and the prey populations are crashing. The reason invasive species do so well in their new environment is because they outcompete native species for food and or shelter. Most of the time, invasive species destroy habitat, endangering the native wildlife. With so many invasive species and their many horrible effects, it may feel overwhelming. Beating invasive species is not an easy task. In Maryland, large semi-aquatic rodents, known as nutrias, were invading Blackwater National Wildlife Refuge. Hunters worked with the government and used GPS, they set traps, and were even armed with guns to take out all of these rodent invaders. Even with all of their technology and planning, it took a full two years to eradicate all of the nutria from the National Wildlife Refuge. Working to rid areas of invasive species is a daunting duty, but each and every one of us has a responsibility to make sure our planet stays healthy. We all live on it and are supported by it, so we should treat it well. Helping out is incredibly easy. Here are some helpful tips that will make sure you don't increase the number of invasive species in your area. Make sure to never release your pets into the wild. This could possibly result in feral populations, which could transmit disease to us and our pets, endangering our lives and theirs. If you buy plants, make sure that the plants you buy are not invasive. If you are uncertain, contact your state's Native Plant Society for a list of native plants. Looking up online is another possibility, but it may not give you a full list or give you the right information. Once again, you do not at all costs want to contribute to invasive species populations, so help out any way you can. And there are more helpful tips, because I only listed a few. If you want more, go to the Invasive Species page on the National Wildlife Foundation and the National Geographic websites. Go to both websites, the Nat Geo website and the National Wildlife Foundation website. Remember, change starts with you, and one person can make a difference. All right, that's it for today. But before we leave, I want to give a quick shout out to National Geographic. That's right, National Geographic and the National Wildlife Foundation and NOAA, all three, for supplying me with all of this information. I could not have made this episode without them. I want you to join me next time for our first individual animal episode, our first one ever, about a furry duck-billed mammal. I wonder if you can guess. I'll see you next time.